This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, uh, welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is the preview show in association with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. It's FA Cup time, Sev, and it's quite the opponent who we'll get on to. Um, first of all, how are you going? I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, reunited again with you for the, the FA Cup. We lean on your championship experience and knowledge to make it sound a lot more knowledgeable than me and Rich just throwing numbers and stats into the air each week for the league programme. So, no, good to be here. And it's always better when it would have battered somebody in midweek to, to, to lighten the mood on social media and everything, isn't it? Well, we'll t- yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a little bit on that. I, I will say um, Burnley ain't going to be a championship side much longer, <laughs> put it that way. But there you go. Um, and... Uh, I just I just wanted to do this now, and I have been on the podcast since this happened, but we're going to dedicate, Seb, this show to Aaron Claxton, who loads of Ipswich fans will know, and they'll have known him as either Clax or the ginger bloke who worked in the ticket office for 17 years, I think it was something to that effect, pretty much. He was at Stoke High with me a couple of years um, above, and he pretty much left school. He loved... Ipswich Town. He pretty much left school and went straight into the job at the ticket office. And that was all he wanted to do. And you'd see him um, every day if you drove down um, uh, sort of London Road into town. Is that the right road? The road out to Tesco's. God, I haven't lived in Ipswich for so long. You'd see him walking down with his boot bag to go and work in the ticket office day after day, year after year. But um, and I lost touch with Clax when I sort of stopped going to football for a long while in my early 20s when I became um became a musician or became a working musician. Chris, who's in our Telegram group, sort of has been friends with him um, right the way through and had sent a really nice message saying he first met him um, on the coach to Sunderland, which I would have been there in like 1998 or something ridiculous. And um, I know we irritated a lot of people from the back of those Galloway coaches, but Clax was on there. Every week, Seb, he was the life and soul of the party, um, maybe responsible for quite a few of the um, few of the hijinks. And God, I just remember once me and him cutting across 
St. Joseph's College when we shouldn't have to try and take a shortcut and him having to leap over this fence. But he was a great guy. He absolutely loved Ipswich. He worked at the club for 17 years. Obviously, um, his job won't exist um, pretty much anywhere working in a ticket office um, anymore, will it? But we'd just like to... So for everyone who knew Clax, I bet 90% of our listeners have bought a ticket off him, those over those over a certain age. I just thought it was the right thing to... Um, sort of, um, you know, dedicate the show to him. I know it's been a few weeks, sadly, um, since he passed. But, um, yeah, we dedicate the show to Clax. And if you did know him or have got any funny stories, and that's the, the smile just lights up because he was an absolute bloody menace, honestly, in my in my teenage years. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, uh, tweet, us, tweet us your stories and we'll, um, we'll regale them in the, in the Telegram chat. Um, Quickly, um, before we go to the Morecambe game, um, Richard has caught up with Kieran Stanley um, of ITFC Ladies. They're in FA Cup fourth round action this weekend um, against Lewis. Very posh Lewis, isn't it? I've been there. Um, so we'll run that interview. I think it's about 10 minutes long. So we'll run that interview at the end. But you will hear from Kieran Stanley um, talking to Rich. Uh, about the ladies as well. Uh, right, sorry, Seb, I've done my um, eulogies, my tributes, plug the ladies' interview. Um, just quickly blowing off the cobwebs um, against Morecambe. Feels like I can really overplay it and say, um, you know, yes, morale boosting, all, all of that good stuff. Is it? I think it has to be, given where we were, close of play, 5pm on, on Saturday after the Oxford game. You know, that was an absolutely bizarre game. And I think we all kind of thought to ourselves, well, we need to now start a run. That run has to start with Morecambe. It became a, a must-win game, a side that's got designs on hunting down the top two and, you know, going up automatically has to win those sides. I know they were in good form. They'd won three on the bounce. They hadn't played for a couple of weeks, which I, I think was apparent in the first half where we kind of blew them away. And we were excellent. It has to be said, we were, we were really, really good. You know, me, Mikey and Rich did a, a post-match show and jumped on for the instant after-match reaction. And even a couple of days later, still looking back on the goals and the, and the, and the movement and the performances and the patterns of play, there were an awful lot of positives. <clears throat> this game at the weekend is kind of a, you know, a break from the league program. I'm, 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 for the Rotherham game, when you and me kind of sat here, I almost saw it as a bit of a distraction given the poor form we'd suffered in the league at that stage. No new signings had come in, and at that stage, we were still dealing with the squad illness. I see the Burnley game as kind of a welcome bit of respite maybe from the league, a chance to, you know, take that good performance that we saw against Morecambe and maybe look to enhance it further before we start this run of, you know, Cambridge and then Sheffield Wednesday and Bristol Rovers and Forest Green and MK and all the ones that are coming up as, as in February. So you can't take anything but positives out of, out of Tuesday night. I think it was a, yeah, a good performance. What we all needed from both a, you know, a player and club point of view and as, and as fans. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll go into the Burnley game now with renewed confidence, which wouldn't have been the case at, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock on Saturday evening when it was pretty much doom and gloom. So specifically from that, what was it, 11 game run of bad points per game, wasn't it? Um, what are the specifics that happened in the Morecambe game that you now want to see um, going forward and that we hope will transpire that hadn't been happening in maybe for the majority of those previous 11 games? Well, I think the most important thing is, you know, the clean sheet. We haven't had a clean sheet. Now. I think it's the first clean sheet in six games, was it? He made, you know, he changed three quarters of the defence from from uh, from the Saturday Oxford game. Harry Clark had a superb debut. Keogh and Edmondson came in. 
Keo, maybe somewhat surprisingly, but you know they defended well. Okay, we have to remember it was against Morecambe, but you know as soon as Ladapo had scored within a minute or two, they had a chance, and Keo and Edmondson absolutely throw themselves at the ball to put it out for a corner and block it, and that's the kind of you know defending that we need. We need to go back to that kind of you know how we were at the start of the season where we were we were barely giving sides chances, let alone goals, and then for the last whatever it's been since that. Charlton game. You know, everyone keeps saying it since whenever that was the Charlton it's, game. It's, in- it's annoying, said, but it's you're correct to say it. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, it, it, that it is. is the, it. You you can literally look at the fixture run. It's so obvious, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, defending high balls into the box has become a problem. So it's kind of one step at a time. Some of the attacking movement was superb. We took our chances. We scored early, which always makes a difference. And then we we didn't let up like we have in some games recently. You know, Fleetwood at home and uh, who's it? Cheltenham at home or Lincoln at home. You know, we on one nil up and we've kind of sat back a little bit they've equalized that gives them a bit of hope to hang on to but we were ruthless and relentless on tuesday night it was wave after wave for that first 45 minutes and hopefully now like i said a minute ago it's given us renewed confidence and start from the back with a clean sheet you know the attacking players all get a bit of confidence and we really need to use that now with these games which which we're gonna have to win now you know we're gonna have to beat wednesday to keep in touch with the top two bristol rovers isn't an easy place to go on a tuesday night they're having a great season but again you're probably gonna have to go and win that and then you've got the games against the you know the sides in and around the relegation zone where there can be no let up we, we will have to take some points has just got a quite fascinating new manager today, right? What did you make yeah, of Duncan if, Ferguson in it, Forrest Green? Yeah, I, I kind of thought he might end up at Everton, kind of tidying them over for the rest of the season. They might make an appointment in the summer, depending on what happens to their, their league status. But yeah, Ferguson's gone there. I wonder if Connor Wickham maybe would have, is looking back now thinking maybe I should have hung on a little bit longer. Because he's not, he's not popped up yeah. anywhere yet, has he? So yeah, I guess if you want to learn your trade as a, a big centre forward, Duncan Ferguson is uh, yeah certainly one to uh, uh, to learn from. I mean, I like the, I mean, no one's going to question Duncan Ferguson's um, <laughs> testicular fortitude, are they? But I like the, I like the brass neck of it to go in. At, they, they are bottom, aren't they? Oh, yes. More, yeah. 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 Um, they, they lost as well to, yeah, of course, that's why Birchnell got, got sacked. But yeah, yeah so um, we'll be coming up against um, Big Dunk as well. And uh, we're coming up against championship leaders, but let's be quite plain about this. Championship runaway abusers this season. Um, Burnley in the FA Cup. Um, yes, you're right. We did the we did the Rotherham game, and I totally agree with you. This feels totally different. Um, again, it is a Championship team, but you talk about the word distraction. Do you know what Rotherham have actually picked up yeah. since then? It might have might have almost helped. Um, sharpen a few things up for them but this does feel totally different doesn't it very much so they are you know the chances are they're going to be you know champions of of the championship they are a premier league side in waiting they might have to wait until kind of you know early april to have it officially confirmed but <laughs> yeah everything about them this season is absolutely superb I've, I've got to make i must say thank you to my friend kieran who's given me a bit of advice on the on the research this week he's a burnley season ticket holder and he just says they just can't believe it you know he's been a season ticket holder throughout the dice era and very much like us under McCarthy when it's going okay you don't mind as much but it does start to to wear thin and he says this week they're going every single week you know and it's just it's just the, the quality of football is absolutely phenomenal so yeah you've obviously seen them more than I have and they are a, you know a hell of a side they'll, 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 if they carry on the same rate they're going to be over what 103 102 point season it's it's phenomenal performance isn't it well, and I think the most ridiculous stat, and I think these are league games, it's something like 13 wins in 14 games. It's <laughs> utterly absurd. We can get numbers up. I just want to come back to something you just said because I'm absolutely fascinated at this um, 
this idea from the Burnley end because the complete fantasy of Marcus Evans and Mick McCarthy was to be Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah. To go into the go into the Premier League to survive, um, take you know, and he did an amazing job, um, Dice, when you consider what what he sort of started with, and he came obviously then comes back down as a parachute team, bounces back, and year after year after year they stayed. I think one year they finished. Seventh, right? Yes, seventh. They, they, yeah. But the alarm bells were always ringing towards, I think, you know, Jonathan Walters and I think Glenn Whelan ended up going to Stoke, their rivals. And I think they just kind of, the, the, the lack of investment sort of caught up with them a little bit, didn't it? But yeah, there was one year they finished seventh and they were in the Europa League or the UA, whatever it was called back, back then. And yeah, you know, an outstanding performance. I remember them going up and coming straight back down doing what a lot of teams like West Brom used to do now, where you take the kind of the, the parachute payment, then you really go hard the second time. By, and they, by Andre Gray in August and away you go, yeah? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they shoot back up. And yeah, they established themselves. And I think a lot of people, I was shocked in April time when, you know, Dyche, Dyche got the bullet. There they, they must have only been a handful of games left at the end of the season. And the news broke that he was he was out. And they gave it to Mike Jackson, didn't they? The under-23 coach takes over. And Ben Mee is involved. I think he was injured, the club captain. And he was involved in the kind of the rescue the rescue team and and it, and it didn't work out. They they go down. They finish 18th and lose to Leeds by three points or so. They had a much better goal difference than Leeds, but the the, the points what made the difference. And then there's this complete rebuild, isn't there? There's all these rumours about you know financial issues and they've got to pay back a a large chunk of a loan and that kind of stuff was circulating. And then Vincent Company gets appointed in June as, a, as a, on a full time permanent basis and. There is a huge clear out and yeah, 15 players depart. I think 16 players come in and he, they, they don't look back. You know, they, they start the, they open the championship season on a Friday night. You were there. And yeah, since then they've just been absolutely imperious. It's crazy, isn't it? And um, the football fans genuinely would rather excel and win in the championship playing the, the type of football that we'll, we'll discuss in a minute than just survive. However, admirable what Sean Deitch was was doing we should mention in there there was um it's a bit of concern was I think I think there was probably a bit of um I hate the word but lazy sort of conflation because it was American owners and it was this leveraged purchase which I'm sure yeah. happens in loads of football clubs and we just don't know but everyone then says oh um, Manchester United and Glazers situation and I have to say Seb when they took company I did a video on it on my Benjamin Bloom football channel because it was a championship thing. And my research was that this was not a home run manager. This was someone who's obviously a giant of a player, but so is Steven Gerrard and so is Frank Lampard. So is Bobby Charlton. And, you know, we all know their sort of managerial records. But he'd gone over to... Belgium and elect, right? And elect, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and this is a, this is a, basically, and elect is like being a parachute team in the championship. But you've basically, unless you're in the sort of top three and challenging and up there, you, you failed. And um, yeah. I looked at the record and I thought, mm, I don't. And I remember seeing that clip circulating on YouTube of him balling out the players. And I, um, I sort of had that thing that we used to hear about. Glenn Hoddle, who was a great manager, but who struggled to cope with non-elite players. If you and I was sort of wondering whether company was gonna was gonna go down that route. So I wasn't incredibly sure about it. But as you say, I was at that game um, against uh, Huddersfield on the opening day. Huddersfield had just lost the playoff final, 
Um, bit of a perfect storm against Huddersfield because their manager left and they sold basically all of their good players and um, yeah. it looked where they, look where they are on the table now. But like you say, it was flipping immediately to a 4-3-3, split centre-backs, full-backs forward, three circulate in midfield, inside forwards, rotate, pass, 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 pass. The sort of football that um, on paper I can describe just like that, but it's quite hard to coach. And in the championship, very, very hard to implement, I think you'd agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think it helped the fact that when they got relegated, normally when a club gets relegated, you're left with a load of players. They change the manager normally. You're left with a load of players, aren't you, from the previous era. Some want to go back to the, the league above. Some the club want to get rid of because they're high earners. When they went down, obviously, Tarkovsky, me, Nick Pope, they all move on, don't they? There's a bit of a clearing of the of the old guard, and they've continued that in January a little bit with some of the, the Daesh established players have moved on. Do you think that helped company that you could pretty much come in and have this kind of clean sweep. And he's obviously raided the, you know, the Belgian market and the European market incredibly well and got these kind of, you know, younger, younger players. I just feel it may be that he had that natural advantage because of the, the contract situation and the fact that so many big personalities and big players who were kind of, you know, fully indoctrined into how Sean Dyche played football for 10 years, suddenly they were all gone and he kind of got a bit of a blank canvas to kind of say, you know, go and go and do your stuff and, and tease his plus obviously it helps if you've, Learn your football trade under Pep Guardiola for the last five <laughs> yeah. years before you go into uh, into a job, I guess. Well, it seems to have helped, but I wouldn't recommend it. I always remember, and it really stuck with me, sitting with David Johnson and him describing how George Burley did stuff and how Paul Hurst at that point was <laughs> doing stuff. And he was like, nah, that's, that's suicide. But obviously, to Jono's point... Um, the devil's in the detail, isn't it, of how's the coaching going to be and how's the recruitment going to be. And what I will say to um, to Jono's point is that if you are going to do that, you've got to get both of those things absolutely bob on. Yeah. And it can be an advantage. But I think that probably speaks to, A, how good the recruitment's been and, B, how good the coaching's then been to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. They've, yeah, it's it's a complete transformation of the club from from top to bottom, is it? And like you say, it's surprising because he signed a four year deal at Anderlecht. I was looking into how, how he got on there. He, he leaves Man City after they win the FA Cup, and he kind of goes there in a player coach role. But then he, he goes he, he goes back to being a, almost a full time player because they have a really bad start to his first season. And then I think he retires at the end of that year, and they finish fourth, then they finish third. So like you say, it wasn't like he was you know with Anderlecht adopting this kind of football and having fantastic results and was naturally really poached by Burnley you know he, he left by mutual consent it didn't really go well there so when you add all that in with the fact it's a brand new squad and you know everything all, all the all the changes from the summer it's just been an absolutely superb turnaround like I say my, my mate Kieran who's a, a season ticket holder there he just says they, they cannot believe it everything at the moment for them is, is, is going absolutely amazingly they're enjoying going every single week the football they're playing is fantastic the young players that he signed that they can see are going to develop are absolutely superb and 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 yeah, at this point, they they must be one of the one of the most informed sides in Europe, mustn't they? So if you're watching on YouTube, and if you are, please hit the thumbs up button and don't forget to subscribe. You'll see the championship table with Burnley. <laughs> um, we say two points per game is excellent, is you know as as good as it needs to ever be. So they've got 62 points from 28 yeah. games, yeah. and um, Burnley are 18 points clear with 18 games to go. So a point per game, 
they'd have to shed um, to third place Watford. It's um, it's a layup, isn't it? They're, they're, well, let me phrase that into a question because it's not the um, world's most thrilling analysis to predict that Burnley go up from this position. <laughs> what does it mean for how they approach the rest of the season now? Because I'm sure you'll talk about a couple of players they've brought in, presumably, to play in the Premier League um, next season. And how, how can they approach the FA Cup now, knowing that unless they have the, you know, most seismic of disasters, this would be the... They could probably not turn up for any games and still finish close to the playoffs for the, <laughs> for the rest of the season, couldn't they? But how, how do they approach the... Um, the FA Cup with that being said? Well, I guess like I still have, you know, one eye elsewhere. I've noticed their next game is a lunchtime kickoff again away to Norwich next Saturday, isn't it? Yes. So, you know, you've got a big, big game on the horizon with Norwich having hit a bit of form, unfortunately. Norwich hit a bit of form with uh, with Vanga's appointment. So they have got kind of, you know, one eye maybe a little bit down the line. I, I guess we saw in the third round game, they played Bournemouth in the, in the third round and it was a bit of a mixture of kind of first teamers and squad players. And I guess that's similar to what they might do against us. You know, we might see players that need a bit of minutes. They, they've signed one this week who will will come on to and discuss. They, they might look to blood them as a bit of a free hit, but they will very much be obviously focusing on the, you know, on, on the league. I guess when you're, when you're a player like company who won, what was it, four titles, four league cups, two FA Cups under Guardiola, <clears throat> that, that relentless winning mentality becomes second to none and he will be, you know, driving that onto his players. They, they, they could be, you know, going into a game with five games to go and they might be looking to win the league at that point, but he will still be, you know, there won't be a, a whisper of taking things for granted. It will be very much, you know, we approach things, we do things the right way. I, I'd imagine he's probably very methodical and analytical like McKenna is for us. And I, I think the FA Cup for them will be, you know, a, a, a nice distraction. They, they might want to see it as a chance like we are. We're testing ourselves against the best of the championship, a league we're hoping to get into. They might see if they beat us and they get somebody in the Premier League, a Spurs, a Chelsea, a Man United, United or whatever, they might see that as a real chance for them to be able to, you know, use that as a measuring stick for where they want to be to be next year. So I'd fully expect it to be a, you know, an entertaining game, a decent game, both sides going for it, but equally with both sides just having one eye, you know, on on, on fixtures on the horizon. Yeah, that could that could work quite well for the for the spectacle. Um, do you want to talk to me about the incomings? Because, uh, well. I'll, I'll pose that to you as a question. If you're Vincent Company and you're strolling away with the championship and you're bringing in three players, to me, this feels like a lovely way to debut them, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's almost a free hit, isn't it? A bit of an introduction to English football. Okay, we're you know we're not a, a you know a, a Rotherham or a Wickham where it's going to be kind of blood and thunder type football, but it's a nice kind of almost like a free hit for them before they start this run of games. They've got Watford, Preston, Norwich, I think, in the next three, so they have got some some games on the horizon where they're going to want these players to be you know up to speed. And and if you're coming in from like you know the Belgian the Belgian top division, is going to be a very different style of football. So it's a bit of a free hit to to blood them. They, they've made three kind of major uh, major acquisitions so far in, in, in January. There was one today as well, Michael Oberfemi from Swansea. I think they've had a bit I think, no, they've had a bit accepted, I think, of three million Sky News were reporting, but it's not it's not finished yet. I guess if it is done by midday tomorrow, and I don't know if he played for Swansea in the third round, if he was free, maybe he might feature as well. But Lyle Foster is the big one that's joined yesterday, I think it was, or Wednesday. He's coming for eight million quid. 
South African lad. Yeah, the South yeah. African striker from Westerloo. He's come in from the Belgian league. <clears throat> good age, good pedigree. You know, eight million quid on a on a striker with he, he, that he's one like you mentioned earlier that will have designs to play. You know, in the Premier League, he he looks powerful. He looks pace. He looks like a good finisher. So I'd imagine we'll see him involved. They sign a centre back. You have to forgive my butchering of this pronunciation. <laughs> Ajalma Ekdal. I'm going to go for. He's joined from a Swedish club, uh, Jorgen. He's come in at the back to provide a bit of, you know, a bit of extra kind of stability. He's, he's relatively young. He's 24 years old, so relatively young. Um, and they've let a few go as well, like we said at the start. Ashley Westwood, one of the old guard, he's gone to yes. the MLS to join Charlotte FC. Kevin Long's gone to Birmingham. Nice, nice gig that for Westwood, isn't it? Hey? Yeah, I'd very retire, much so. I'd retire there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much. So a bit like when Tommy Smith went to Colorado for about two or three years. Do you remember? It's a, yeah, well, a nice change. All we could of- discuss is that you're allowed to smoke weed in Colorado. <laughs> That's the only I'd go <laughs> A nice, uh, a nice change of pace and change of atmosphere. Matthew Lawton's gone to Huddersfield on loan. Another one of the old guard, kind of a right back. And Luca McNally, him of the ninety-fifth minute Oxford equaliser. Oh, is that him? It's him. Yeah, they signed him in oh. the summer. He's gone to Coventry. I think it was today. He's gone to Coventry. We're recording this on Thursday night. He's gone to Coventry on loan for the rest of the season. So a bit of squad kind of alterations, I guess. If uh, if Obafemi comes in, he'll be the the kind of final piece of the puzzle. They'll see for for the rest of the season. And yeah, they're just adding, you know, young attacking quality uh, to a very young attacking quality side in preparation for next season, aren't they? Yeah. So you think they'll go a sort of 1B team, do you? You think, I you think, think it'll be a, be a... Yeah, a bit of a mixture. I was talking to my mate Kieran and he, he says the same thing. He thinks they'll do what they did against Bournemouth, which was kind of a mixture of, you know, squad players who need minutes and a few first teamers and a couple of people coming back from, from injury. So, I mean, their top scorers are Jay Rodriguez and Nathan Teller. They've both got nine each and he's not sure they'll be, they'll be, you know, featuring on, on their, on, on Saturday, given the games that are coming up. Ashley Barnes, started as the lone central striker against them um, in the 4-3-3 against Bournemouth. But <laughs> you can still find him, yeah, 33 <laughs> years old. My mate said he'd, he'd secured the legacy history with uh, uh, with Burnley because he scored twice against Blackburn this season, apparently. so And it's very Schauser-y. Um He scored and then literally barged someone into the goal after he scored. <laughs> com- completely <laughs> unnecessary behaviour, but very Ashley Barnes. Yeah, okay. So he might well be the central striker or Lyle Foster. They might give him a start straight away in that kind of central uh, central striking position. Josh Brownhill, central midfielder, is one to look out for. Mm. Five goals and six assists. Looks a bit of a box-to-box. Not really a number eight, player. not really a number ten. Yeah, can do. Good luck a, picking him up. Yeah, <laughs> A bit of everything, yeah. Fine space and and is a, a nice player. Murich, the goalkeeper they, they, they've had, he, he didn't play in the third round. It was Bailey Peacock-Farrell. So I'd expect him to kind of start in the uh, uh, in between the sticks. Ian Matson is a, a lovely player. He's kind of a left back slash left wing back. Four Chelsea, goals and four assists. Yeah. yeah, nine big chances created. He's a he's a cracking player. Not entirely sure if he'll he'll start. If he doesn't, it will probably be Charlie Taylor, who I remember was signed from Leeds with a bit of fanfare. I think he was one of the next meant to be one of the next big things, and he's kind of been featuring at both left back and left centre back. Yeah, this he's season, been so. covering Taylor Harwood Bellis, but this is before they signed two centre halves. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Taylor Hall with Bellis. I think he's got an injury, hasn't he? I think he's not featured. Yeah, he for won't a, be. He won't be. Yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks he's been injured for. Um, and obviously Scott Twine, a name that we all know. He, he, he yes. very slow start. Was it a hip injury? I think it was in September. Very limited appearances so far. But he announced himself last week. Uh, was it the Friday night game or the Saturday night game? It was a a nighttime game against West Brom, wasn't it? With and a, if you if you'd written how will Scott Twine announce himself? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly what yeah. happened. He's going to bang a free kick in the top corner, right? 
right? Unsurprisingly, and we all remember that that Swindon game where he scored that ridiculous goal from whatever it was, 35, mm. 40 yards, and the MK game at the start of last season where he obviously, you know, he, I think he equalised, yeah, the first equaliser for the 1-1. So he's barely featured, so I'd, I'd fully expect him to be involved as well, him to him to start and get some, some minutes under his belt. So, um, yeah, this is, it's just quite scary because... If they do go for first-teamers, and what I've praised about Burnley all season, their main attacking threat, they do it so well. It's a 4-3-3, comes from inside forwards. And you mentioned um, Teller. They've also got um, Goodmanson, who I remember playing well for Charlton against us years ago. Got a lad called Benson as well, who cost a few million from Belgium. And... You might well be right. This might be, unless they're really going to be really careful with Twine and it's going to be 10, look, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and we're going to do that for four or five games or whatever. But, yeah, he could he could start as well, couldn't he? Um, in, the, um, in the sort of circulating central midfield as well, Jack Cork and Josh Cullen, who we probably came up against... No, maybe is, he ex, is he ex-West Ham? And... Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. West yeah, Ham, yeah. Charlton. And then he went out to Belgium, go figure. And okay. um, yeah. that's that's why they've got him there. But yeah, you're almost at the point where... I mean, what's your, what's your number? I think if they play five of their first team... No, it matters six. If they play six of their regular strongest team, I think that that's doesn't smell good to me <laughs> no yeah i was hoping for sort of three or four i mean but even yeah. when you put in the the squad players you know vettino who's been the right back right wing back has been excellent but even if connor roberts comes in instead you know he's still a, a a kind of a quality player a quality upgrade in that position so i'm kind of hoping for maybe three or four and maybe a couple of the new starters the new the new center back whose name i'm not going to pronounce again because i've already butchered it first time around he might start lyle foster might start and Hopefully it'll be three or four of the regular team. If it's six, like you just said, then it could be a uh, it could be a long, difficult afternoon. I think a problematic afternoon. <laughs> um, okay, so the takeaway from that is Burnley are very good. They're having yeah. a great season. They play really good football, but there's always the caveat, especially with a new lad coming from South Africa or a new lad coming from Sweden and. Maybe you play George Hurst. I'll, I'll talk to you about Ipswich um, 11, you know, against the new centre-half. Do you know what I was going to say? I think that Murich has got a rick in him with his feet, I have to say. But I think you're right. I think Peacock Farrell, Peacock will, Farrell um, yeah. will play, won't he? So, um, yeah. So, Burnley are very good. But it's the FA Cup, Seb. You, you know, and um, it should be nicely open. What do you do, and I'm sure you've already thought about this, if you're um, Kieran McKenna? I think as we do with everybody, McKenna will just simply focus on what we do. We tend to go strong in cup competitions, don't we? There have been a few times, especially in the Papa John's and the early rounds of the FA Cup, when it was Bracknell and stuff in Buxton, you look at the side and think, oh, that's strong. I'd, I'd be expecting a few more squad players to, to feature. The squad now obviously is is, is massive. Um, I think, I guess he'll, he'll, he'll go strong and he'll look to make changes around the 
60, 65 minute mark like we normally do. And it'll be a like for like kind of replacement. So, you know, whoever starts up front will come off and be replaced by another striker. And, and, and that's what I think I, I think he'll do. I mean, you could, Hladke will probably start in goal because he tends to start the cup games, which is fine, absolutely fair. Clark is cup tied. He can't feature. So I assume Danassian comes back in. And then does he keep Keogh and Edmondson? Does he play Wolfenden? I think Wolfenden might come back in and maybe use it as a chance to give Edmondson some few, uh, a few extra minutes. Um, in the uh, in the back line, Greg Lee. There was some people were saying that Davis was limping at full time on uh, on Tuesday night. So a great chance for Greg Lee to come in and get some minutes. One of Evans or Morsey probably needs a bit of a rest. I'm not entirely sure which one you would take out. And Humphreys will start there. And then the three behind the striker becomes a complete lottery, doesn't it? <laughs> West Burns went off at half time. I don't know if he was injured. I think they said he had a bit of tightness in his calf or something. So Jackson may be there. Aluko in the ten. Chaplin left looking to, you know, break into the box, Hurst up front to get some more minutes. And then come 60 minutes, you might see Edwards, Ladapo and Harness all come on, you know, Broadhead can play. He's not cup tied. Him and Hurst were at Portman Road for the Rotherham game and they were having their photographs taken in the ground by various members of the Blue Monday telegra- Telegram team <laughs> getting, getting excited to see who was joining us. So they can both feature. So, yeah. Actually, I can we'll I just do- bury the Blue Monday team? Because whilst you and I are sat here, this is, we're going behind the curtain now. It's just Thursday night. They, uh, seeing friend of the pod, Ed Lay, playing the drums in editors at the Cambridge Court Exchange, whilst, whilst we're here, whilst we're here working, Sam. Working, you, yeah. What you, someone's got to keep the. On, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, someone's got to keep the show on the road, haven't they? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> they're all out there on, on And we the, should say things. thank you to Ed and the, because um, <laughs> it's a nightmare with the publishing, but um, yeah. you, won't, you won't hear it on this show. Um, but yeah, thank you to um, Ed for the uh, for the um, use of the use of the theme tune. Sorry, carry on, uh, McKenna. All, all I can uh, think of when work. they're at the concert is either. Do you remember the in between is episode where they go to their first gig? <laughs> I can imagine it being like that a little bit. I'm not sure why. Or the obviously the nightclub scene in the office where they're all in there at three in the morning or whatever. You know, I guess uh, yeah, maybe it'll end up that way. But but no, I think we'll do a mixture of squad players and then you know the kind of the the ones that need minutes and stuff. But I, I think we might start relatively strong and then end up going, making all the changes at 60, 65 minutes. Because it, it's useful we've got the week's gap to Cambridge. If there was a midweek game, you know, for us, then I'd be saying, okay, well, let's play some squad players and leave Chaplin well alone. But that that seven-day gap before the Cambridge game is is useful, I think, and that will affect McKenna's decision-making. What do you think we'll do? Do you think we'll go strong and make changes or will we see some players nowhere near it or...? I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do, Seb, after this word from our sponsors. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. So to your point, Sam, there's a worry if you go too weak and you've kind of laid out all the alternatives there. And, I, you know, I'm not um, having a pop at any of these players, but if you are going Cladkey, Keo. Lee Humphreys, you know, great, great player, but he'll get he'll get the run around against um, uh, Jack Cork or Josh Cullen or whoever ends up in there for Ben. There's, I, I do feel in the back of Kieran McKenna's head is going to be if I go too weak, I could lose three, yeah. and all, all of a sudden he gets Vincent Company's team sheet in, and it's strong, and you know you three down at half time or whatever and it could go I think that do you think that will be in the in the back of his head that you've almost and um I think the boys in Telegram were saying they've sold 23,000 tickets as, yeah, as well yeah. I know I know you don't select a team based on the, the size of the crowd or the audience or uh what have you but I almost feel that he he's going to avoid going too weak for for that reason, it's not third round; it's the fourth round as yeah, well. Maybe. Now. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think it might, there might be one or two names. But do you think this is just wishful thinking? There might <laughs> no, be one or, one or two names stronger than I know. You were laying out all the potential positions, but when when you go through all the backup slots, I think that team will be well beaten by a one B, one C Burnley team, won't it? Yeah, I mean, this isn't. 2015 when we went to Old Trafford under Mick and the must have been the oh, League Cup, mustn't it? Peter Malak out, yeah, and Josh Yorworth with the centre backs, and then who's that Aussie team. guy we had? Uh, Tommy got Orr. The concussion. Tommy Orr, great. Yeah, yeah. And then their their team sheet came in, and Rooney was starting, and yeah, it was a it was a nightmare, wasn't it? But but yeah, I, it, we won't be looking at those kind of team selections. And yeah, I guess I see what you mean. Yeah, you go you go ever so slightly stronger, and also we've got to keep this kind of 
goodwill and use it as a chance to build momentum. If we were to lose one nil or two one, but put in a really good performance, no one's going to be, you know, complaining. And it's not going to go back to the doom and gloom that we had after Oxford. You know, you you can use it as a decent measuring stick, and you can use it to kind of benchmark some players who you think are going to be on the on the journey with you. Hopefully, next year up, up further up a league against an opposition, which in reality is going to be in the in the Premier League come next season. And and yeah, I, I don't think that you can kind of lose if you perform that way. Whereas, like you say, if you make too many changes, changes and it's a four nil five nil run around and they ease off for the last half an hour because the job's done then then we might just see a few kind of utterings and murmurings of discontent again what do you think the fact that there's a clear training week after this and the following week after cambridge will that make any difference well that's what he's done in previously he doesn't like to leave players two weeks without a game so the Morecambe game helps because if Davis for example doesn't play it's only going to be like a 10 day kind of rest period isn't it if there was no Morecambe game I would figure that even the likes of the players I said need a rest like Morsey like Davis like Burns would probably start and then come off I guess that Morecambe game makes things slightly easier Um, but even so if he starts some of the first teamers I would expect a a raft of changes at 60 minutes like we saw the other night there was a triple change wasn't there in the 55th, 60th minute, I think it was. A triple change happens, and and I think that what that's what we will do, kind of, you know, similarly to get minutes in the players that need minutes, but to go strong, put on a good performance against a, a really great benchmark test and see see how we are. I did a show today with Norwich City BBC Radio Norfolk commentator Chris Gorham, which would get loads of booze in the in the <laughs> chat, but he's a lovely, he's a lovely fella. He predicted uh that. I'm spoiling my own prediction show here. Uh, he predicted that he thought it'd be really open and he went 3-2 Burnley. And my response will be was, I think Portman Road, if we give Burnley a game and score, will actually almost accept that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, like I said a minute ago, I think if if we if it's a narrow loss, but we've played well, created chances, scored a couple of goals, I think you know we'd whilst we'd obviously be disappointed to be out of the cup, there are ways in which obviously you can exit cup competitions, aren't there? You know, and if we do that and we look half decent, then 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 yeah, happy days. I think it'll be a, a pretty attractive game. I mean, two short passing sides. I've got some very brief stats. They average four hundred and forty six passes per game. Forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we are four hundred and forty nine. So, you know, from a short passing point of view, it's almost identical. So expect two sides that like to kind of play the ball out, you know, triangular passing, fullbacks bombing forward. It could be a really, really exciting open game. Uh, I, I, I'm going for a 2-1, uh, I, I think, to Burnley, I have to be honest. Um, but again, like I said, if we put in a good performance and it's a close game and, you know, we, we, we see things we like, then I, I don't think that's a, a disappointing or a downheartening, downheartening result, provided the performance does what we hope it will do. Are you worried, because I'm just racking my brains, since Kieran McKenna's been the manager, has there been a game where we just haven't seen the ball for 15 minutes, 32% possession or something? It just hasn't happened yet, has it? No, no, it hasn't. It's, it's not what we're used to at all, is it? So that's another good test for them to kind of learn, because if we were to go up and face the likes of Swansea or other sides that keep the ball <laughs> one level up, you're going to have to add that to your locker uh, as, as an option. That's something we're not used to. We're we're pretty much top along with, with Charlton and stuff for all the position stats in the in, in League One, aren't we? So that's another thing they're going to have to get used to. Um, but but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it can't be a bad thing to have that in our locker in case we have to go away somewhere in a playoff semi or a big game towards the end of the season. And, you know, we can use it as a bit of practice to to sit back and look to, to break lines quickly and exploit the pace in the team to, you know, to work ourselves up the pitch. 
I did go for a two nil to Burnley in okay. my um, in my predictions earlier. If Ipswich win this game, what does that look like? How how will that happen? How how <laughs> I'm struggling to see it because I've just <laughs> yeah. studied Burnley so much this season. But it's the FA Cup for God's sakes. How, what does that look like? Anything could happen. If it were to happen, that would be absolutely phenomenal. They would have to have a raft of changes and have a very off day versus us chances. being yeah versus us being pretty much impeccable. You know, we would have to play like we played for that first forty-five minutes against Morecambe, and they Scored would have two to, goals quickly. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Get, get ourselves ahead, get the crowd behind us, and then yeah, maybe sit back and and kind of absorb a bit of pressure before looking to hit them on on the counter. Like if that were to happen, if 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 come five o'clock on Saturday we're into the the fifth round of the cup, then that's phenomenal. You know, when was the last time that happened? That would be an absolutely super. We'd all get excited about the draw again. I think the only disappointing thing, I think the fifth round is midweek, if I remember correctly, which is a bit of a downer. Um but to be involved no re- in it. So is there no replays in the fifth and sixth round? Am I right about that? I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. Well, that's that's a good point. What we definitely don't want oh, is a replay because not that even be, entertaining it. No, that's the week between Cambridge and Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? That would be the the Tuesday or the Wednesday a trip up to Lancashire. So yeah, that's the and absolute, I would advocate playing all the reserves if that happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's the absolute option. We do not want no. If it's yeah ninety, if it's a ninetieth minute and it's one all, I'd expect hopefully to see um to see yeah Morsey just two foot somewhere in the box, give away a penalty and. Uh, <laughs> be done with it we referred remember we referred back to the sheffield united ipswich yep. game where mick gave up with one 20 nil, minutes fine, yeah, whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah i'd expect that kind of scenario yeah a replay is yeah the absolute no that's that's exactly what we don't want uh hopefully it's settled at portman road within the yeah within the 90 minutes on saturday one question i meant to ask you i forgot to do it earlier we discussed on that live show me mikey and rich we discussed can you think of a side which has transitioned so quickly from a neg- perceived a negative style of football to a positive style of football and just made it look so effortless and been so good with it? We were struggling to come up with a side that could compete with Burnley on that level because we've often seen sides go from positive football and they change it to a more negative, pragmatic style and it goes very wrong as you know we've kind of been victims of sometimes. But we couldn't think of virtually any examples the other way around to go from poor to exceptional so quickly with instant results. I think Bielsa was mentioned by Mikey, but that was even that, be my go-to. Oh, sorry, I've taken. Yeah. I've stolen your thunder, haven't I? No, no, no. Um, what I would say is we we come at this question with admiration for Sean Dyche, of course. Oh, I yeah, think very much so. I, yeah. I, you know, I think they did amazing, and if you look at the balance sheet, um, they did they did what they needed to do, didn't they? Um, Bielsa was going to be my go to did you know that would have been Paul Heckingbottom at least is that who he replaced we couldn't remember on the live show who he replaced because there were so many I remember doing Villa Leeds and I was having a laugh with the Leeds fans actually because I was was there when Ipswich won under Paul Hurst Uh, I saw Leeds play under Paul Heckingbottom which was only like 13 games or something but yeah he would have been the he would have been the guy before but he had a he had a pre-season didn't he I remember and also didn't didn't they lose in the first he didn't go straight up, did he? Did they? We beat they them lost, on the. Yeah, they, we but, beat them. But on the, Seb, it was that first day of the season. They played Stoke, and it was just like already complete. Okay. Bielsa ball, and it was just like, what is going on? And Stoke were title favourites, and had just given Gary Rowett seventy million quid to spend of the parachute payment or what have you, and they just did them three one or 
3-0 in the first game. Um, one of the most drastic ones I saw, and it wasn't great in the end. Do you remember Yapstam's Reading? <laughs> yeah. And they passed the ball to death. I wouldn't necessarily say they were... I, I'd rather watch Sean Dyches Burnley than um, Yapstam's <laughs> yeah. um, Yap Reading. But I'm struggling to... I'm struggling to think, and um, we were we were sort of talking a little bit off air, and I was, I do remember Paul Lambert very very briefly, it, and this is so silly, and Joe hit the nail on the head on the podcast um, when he said if Paul Lambert had almost held his nerve and just stuck with the way we played at Reading away, where we went, I mean, ultimately it couldn't have been any worse than what actually happened in 2018-19, you know, one of the worst teams in championship history. And maybe, you know, it just needed needed all ripping up and no one was going to save it anyway. But I remember him having Luke Chambers trot into one side of the... Um, of course, Chambers gallantly tried to do it all, all match, didn't he? And, um, but in answer to the question, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to imagine... Um, that shock, and as you said, yeah. I was at the game the first half an hour. Um, I'm sure one of the listeners, but, but I think Bielsa would be, you know, would be the. It's not. It's not as exhilarating. They're a li- they're a little bit slower tempo than uh, Leeds were in that in that respect. But um, Seb, I must ask you because he is back, and I don't know whether it got mentioned on the on the podcast on Tuesday. Um, Will Mick McCarthy save Blackpool from relegation, Seb, just quickly? Yes, I think he will. I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy to see him back. I saw the video you did. I'm happy to see him, you know, back in the game. He's a, I was he's happy a, he's in a, the video, I promise. He's a character. I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy. I think he'll do fine there. I think he'll keep them up. They're not they're not that out of it, are they? Am I right in thinking that? It's No, no, they're not. It's a it's a mess down the bottom there. There's yeah, there's there's a few fish in the barrel to shoot at, put it that way. But they'll have, you know, TC will be doing Friday drills with Jerry Yates. <laughs> with the, Gary Medine. Yeah, the rest Get of Get it in the mixer. Stuff. Yeah, the rest of so he was there was his first game was called off, wasn't it? Was it a frozen it pitch, was. I think, against Huddersfield? I mean, if he'd if he'd have won that, that's a that's Ooh. a hell of a six pointer to go straight into, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, missed out on that one. But no, I'm I'm happy he's back in the game. All we need now is Warnock to come back to a uh, a championship side. And yeah, you've got two of the boxes ticked there, haven't you? I think he, um, I think he'll do all right. I think he'll keep them up. And then the mistake might be like with Cardiff, if he stays on next year and it starts to go wrong, then yeah, that's when potentially maybe he needs to keep him up, add it to his CV and then wait for the phone to ring next November, December when somebody else is in trouble. I suppose the stock goes up and uh, mixed timing was always good up up to a point. I think he's got quite a lot to prove, I I have to say. I listened to um, Ali and George on Not The Top 20. It sort of bigged him up. Quite, you know, as if it was kind of going to be a bit of a home run this run. And um, I do remember Cardiff, okay, started well, missed the playoffs, and then absolute disaster. And yeah, Cyprus before that, Republic of Ireland before that. Then we're back into last three years with us, not very good first three years of us. And you're yeah. into 2015, yeah, 16 sort of time. It's a long, it's a long it time is. ago. So I'm going to be going to be watching. Um, with great interest right um we'll do our plugs and then we're gonna hand it off to uh richard and kieran stanley to end the show um we're in partnership here with the greyhound as ever uh telegram group said just goes from strength to strength doesn't it i 
I literally know every time I, I want to, and I must admit, I turned notifications off on my phone about six months ago to try and stop my brain from frying. But I do go on and I can press the Telegram button and I always stop, have a read and uh, just a really good, um, a really good place to, to chat if you sound, isn't it? It's excellent. Yeah. After some of the, you know, the, the vitriol that we saw on Twitter after the, the Oxford game last week, it's a nice little community where don't get us wrong. We, we discuss things we think are wrong, but it's always done in a respectful manner with, you know, insight and considered response and yeah, come and give it a go. You won't lose anything. It's, it's, it's a two week free trial. Then a, a paywall kicks in, but it's only a fiver. We've seen some, I think five or six new members join in the last yeah. week to 10 days or so. So it's growing even further. So yeah, please come and join us give it a go two week free trial we've got about six or seven groups there's the general Ipswich town one there's a match day one which is great we open it up on a you know sometimes on a friday night and then that that keeps going until the the, the early hours of sunday we've got a, an itc women one an itfc academy one a general football one some of us sat there watching arsenal man united last week on sky and the chat's going it's just yeah it's great if you, if you want to escape from some of the other social media and stuff come and join us you won't lose anything two week free trial and yeah the numbers prove once people go there they tend to stick around so come and give it a go and you can still have your opinion in there um oh, you yeah, know we don't yeah, we, we don't, don't police any you know no, if, no. if if someone wants to come in the telegram and say they think kieran mckenna's not the right guy and is doomed to failure we'll, we'll listen we just take out that outrage that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> all around and we just discuss it so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a debate yeah the people yeah, yeah don't get me wrong it's, it's certainly not i don't a, think that by the way <laughs> i just want to distance <laughs> myself from from that. that bit with no context and put it out <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. There's disagreements all the time about playing styles and results and personnel and squad and tactics and stuff. But it's always done respectfully in a you know a, a nice community feel. And and yeah, come and give it a go for reasoned football debate, which is not what you get sometimes on on some of the other social media sites. That was what I was trying to say. And you can buy <laughs> some um, merch at bluemanoitfc.co.uk. Uh, I'm going to be back on the flagship with Richard and uh, I think we need to preface him with the great David Diamond uh, will be there um, as well. So um, if you are headed down to Portman Road, um, should should be a good one. Do you think Kieran McKenna is going to say, use this psychology in any of the team talk of, right, you, you think this is a big club, you want to go into the championship, Here's the best team in the championship. Go on then, show me. Do you think that's going to come into the psychology at all? Maybe, potentially, because it is a great test for us. You know, if it had been a couple of weeks ago, I think they were the top scorers in the championship and we were the top scorers in, in League One. So I think when the draw was made, it was the, the two hot shots going head-to-head. -head. It is a great chance. If he says that to the team or not, I don't know. But if we want to get where we are going. I've noticed today as well, a couple of the owners have come across. I think Burke Bakai and Brett Johnson were pictured. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they've added another level of pressure to the, to, to the game maybe. So if we want to get to that level, these are the kind of sides that we're going to have to play against. Okay, maybe not a side as good as Burnley every single week. But it is an absolutely great test for us. Rotherham was a test we said at the time, and we passed that one with flying colours, albeit, okay, they weren't in a great run of form and they just appointed a new manager. This is a much more stable club that's absolutely like flying. Like 4-0 the next week. <laughs> yeah, this is a, uh, a club that's absolutely flying. And if we want to get on this journey where hopefully game changer are going to take us, this is a brilliant test for us. I, I don't think, unless it's like 5-6-0, I don't think we can really lose on Saturday, if we put in a decent <laughs> Famous performance. last words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear Amy. Uh, Seb, absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, where can people find you on Twitter? 
Brown S08. But come to Telegram, it's much uh, it's much nicer. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, and we're going... Don't do the normal outro now. I've got to go to the interview. Uh, so this is... I'll say goodbye now. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Remember, we dedicated this show to the memory of Clax, um, Aaron Claxton. So do, um, do let us know if you've got any good memories from our, our ticket office legend who's sadly no longer... Um, with us and we will wrap up now with um, an interview with Rich Richard did with Kieran Stanley uh, previewing the ITFC women in the FA Cup fourth round against Lewis. Uh, we welcome back to the pod for fans of ITFC women and fans of well Connor in Brisbane this one's for you Kieran, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, mate? Happy, happy belated New Year. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy belated New Year to you, Rich. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it seems like a bit. It's been a while, um, and it's certainly been a while since we've had a home game. Um, bit of travelling over the, the festive period, but um, it's good to be back. And a, a resplendent in a Blue Monday hoodie, may I? I which you also wore on the Blue Monday live event, and I failed in my host duties. <laughs> it's one of those ones where your brain's elsewhere. But thank you for for sporting that, and available yeah. in all good Blue Monday merch stores, I'm yeah. sure. So, yeah. Courtesy yeah. of your good self, of course, and uh, you know, get free advertising out of me. So there you go, and it's nice and cozy as well, isn't it? Really nice, actually. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are really, really decent. And I'm not just saying that to help you plug them, but they are genuinely <laughs> really comfortable. So, um, yeah, buy one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> let's let's catch up, shall we? Um, start of the new year, I guess, mixed situation, defeat, a narrow defeat away at Pompey, but bounce back, a bit of fixture rearrangement situation, and then um, London Bees, the opposition, and a 2-1 win. Sounded like probably we made hard work of it but we're good value give us your assessment of those let's focus on the positive let's talk about London Bees give us your thoughts on that one yeah a really competitive game actually um we know that London Bees although they're just above the relegation zone have actually got better this season so it's it's quite a surprise to see them down in the table as they are um yeah really competitive really feisty actually um, almost like a typical winter football match, I think would be a, a good way to describe it. Um, you know, I, I think we we were the better team for the, the vast majority of the game, but that's not to take anything away from Bees, you know, because they they gave us a good go. Um, they they moved the ball nicely. They were they were really physical. Um, they were organised, and you know, we had some decent chances in the first half, but there was still some warning signs there, like they hit the bar from distance. And, you know, we were kind of like ruining our luck a little bit. We're kind of thinking, well, if we can't stick these chances away, then, you know, you don't want the sucker punch to come. Um, but equally, we always believed the goal was coming. It always, there was a sense that genuinely this goal is going to come at some point. Um, there was obviously a, a moment where where Pesk ended up in the sin bin, which meant we uh, went down to 10 players temporarily for 10 minutes. And unfortunately, London Bees capitalised on the extra player advantage. And it was a really scruffy goal at the byline, cut back, player kind of bundles it past Sarah. And you kind of think, here we go again. Like, it's, you know, nothing's going for us. We're not getting the rub of the green in these games. Sorry, watching the men. <laughs> well, I won't comment on that. But, um, yeah, okay. I mean, certainly um, certainly in recent times, we felt like we've perhaps not had the rub of the green in some games. And um, But an amazing response and an incredible show of character from the team. To level just seven minutes later, a great cross from the left from Anna Gray, who's been in sensational form all season. And uh, 
Tash arrives to slam home her 10th goal of the season. Couldn't really miss, but a great run and a good finish um, to bring us level. And then it was always a case of, I think we were looking good value to go on and win the game. And, um, you know, we, we regained that control, put them under a lot of pressure uh, and then a good corner from Laugh. And it, this is a bit of a bizarre goal, really, um, that's ended up winning the game. And, you know, everyone will know, you know, the journey of the return to injury from for Sophie Peskett's perspective. You know, she's she spent over a year out with injury uh, due to a uh, torn ACL. And um, I'm sure she in, has thought in her head and dreamed of the of the first goal back being a really good finish. Um, but the ball's come into the box. Um, Tash has challenged one of the defenders. The goalkeeper's come out to punch it, completely missed it, and it smacked Pesk in the face and gone in. Now, sometimes you just need a bit of luck um, where it goes in off someone's backside, their thigh, their shoulder, whatever. And this time around, it's gone in off Pesk's face. And it's won us the game. And although I'm sure she would have hoped for a better first goal back, I'm sure she'll be taking it. You've got to be in the right place at the right time, Kieran. So, um, you know, there's, there is skill in there, albeit fortuitousness about the about how it ended up with her. But yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'll say it so you don't have to. The show of character that I guess we were hoping that we would see against Oxford from the men on Saturday. But yeah, it's 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 struggling. Um, it's a struggle, and the confidence sometimes is not when you're so on top. The goal comes, but they've yeah, the, the team have bounced back there and and shown real fighting spirit, haven't they? And it sounds like deserved in the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 there was a genuine belief even when we went one nil down that we were going to get back into the game, and the players kind of stood tall and and rose to the occasion. And I think there were certain players in the team that were driving forces for that. I think um, Kyra Robertson in in particular was absolutely phenomenal on Sunday against London Bees. Um, you know, absolute general in that in that midfield, and and her among a, a few other players, and and the team even as a collective as well. Just just thought, you know what, we're not going to be faced by this great character got back in the game and then go on and win it and that's that's the sign of a good team yeah exactly right and putting the Pompey result out of the way and and also coming from mine as well great character there and well, great to see that for you actually rich about that it's mm-hmm. the first time we've come from behind to win a league fixture since october 2019 wow now wow. i mean that shows because we're generally in late though aren't we yeah, it's, it's, you can take it one or two ways and saying, oh, we're not coming from behind, you know, when we do go behind. But, you know, we genuinely take the lead in most games. So, you know, the, the, there's been obviously a few occasions where we have gone behind. And unfortunately, you know, we haven't been able to, to go on and win the game. We've, we've clawed some draws back. Unfortunately, there have been games we've lost as well. But, you know, to it's, it just seemed mad that it had been so long since we'd, we'd clawed back from going 1-0 down. And that, that was against Enfield Town, October 2019, um, where we were 1-0 down at half-time and scored twice, including a 90th-minute winner from Tash. So, um, yeah, it was good to, good, a good response from the team and a much-needed victory going into this weekend. Yeah, it's good to know that you can do it, although you prefer, obviously, to be in a nice dominant leading position without having to worry about it. But, yeah, it might be the, the skills of fighting back and being resilient um, might be tested on Sunday, the big one. Um, the men's team, not the only one facing championship opposition in the FA Cup at home. Uh, Lewis up next, sixth in the WSL Championship. Um, form of, has improved of late. Obviously, lots of cup action, lots of postponements, confusing matters. Um, postponement as recent as the weekend when they should have played Charlton. But three wins on the bounce, a, a defeat, and then bounce back with a win over Southampton. They beat London Bees, ironically, in the last round to set up this tie and you yeah that you and the team must be really excited to test 
yourselves against higher league opposition yet again in a tournament in a, in a competition has been really favorable for us hasn't it yeah definitely you know we've had such great history in the fa cup over the last few years and you know this is no different this season and, and it gives us an opportunity where we can face a team that are in a higher division you know they're 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 a decent side but equally it's not a step too far you know we, we're, we're not playing a man city here you know where you're really going to be up against it we're not big underdogs like we were against West Ham either. And we all know how well we did in that game. So it's a, I would say a realistic chance. Are we the underdog? Yes, but probably not by a lot. Uh, And certainly on our day, we're capable of matching anyone. And it's a really exciting tie and a really exciting test because ultimately we're trying to get into the championship. We're doing everything we can to get into that division. And if we were to get into that division, we'll be playing teams like Lewis week in, week out. So it's a good indicator of where we're currently at. And I think it's, it adds that extra bit of excitement because we never played them before. And we always like to come up against teams like that that we've never played before. Last year, Newcastle being one of them, that was a great experience it's in the same round, funny enough. Um, so, yeah, we're all really looking forward to it. We're in good spirits after the win on Sunday. And, um, you know, hopefully we off the back of that win, we can go into this weekend with some with some confidence and um, and step it up and... You know, I've got full faith in the girls because whenever the FA Cup comes around, something switches on like that. And, uh, it, you know, they, they seem to raise their game up to a whole nother level. And uh, I would not be surprised if, um, if if we cause an upset this weekend, if, we, if you can even call it an upset. Yeah, well, I, I was look, look, just looking at the league table and Charlton a few places above Lewis. And obviously we played a pre-season game against Charlton and they they came out on top but scored a world he didn't end in it and then just a, a defensive mistake really from us and and admittedly I think it was a bit of a makeshift team at that point as well so you know we've got that pedigree of playing West Ham um, we know about Charlton who are of a similar stature and I think home advantage massively important for us and we want a, a full AGL don't we Kieran? Of course we do. Yes, the first home game at the AGL Arena since November. So it feels like an age since we've been there. So it'd be nice to have a, a really good crowd come down for what is going to hopefully be a, another exciting cup day. You know, we had a couple of really good ones last year with the Southampton game and the West Ham game. So this is a, another opportunity to to hopefully get through to uh, an, another deep round. You know, obviously last year made the quarterfinals. This is round four. You know, we're, we're two wins away from matching what we did last year. But you know, equally under no illusions, we know that Lewis are a good side. You know, they're sixth in the championship for a reason. They're very pragmatic. They're very hard to beat. Uh, they've got some some good results this season, and, and they've only lost twice in the championship all year. So we know that they're gonna gonna present us with a real tough challenge this weekend. But as I said, it's the magic of the FA Cup. Anything can happen, and and you know, history has shown that you know we rise to these big occasions when it comes to the FA Cup. And I'm sure the girls will be going in this weekend, doing everything they can to to make the fifth round again. Spot on. Um, tickets are available. So this goes out Friday mornings. Um, can people still buy their tickets online at that point, or is it just turn up on the day and pay on the gate? So I I believe that advance tickets are usually on sale until midday on the Friday before the game. So you okay, might so have got a few hours watching it. Um, but of course they'll be available on the day as well. Um, obviously it's an exciting weekend for the club as a whole with the men playing Burnley on Saturday. Both fourth round, both at home, both championship opposition. Everything's set up really nicely for a really entertaining weekend of football. Uh, hope both teams can can progress into the fifth round. That would be remarkable. Um, but yeah, we want to see a, a good crowd down there on Sunday because, as I said, it's a it's our 
first game back there in in you know what two and a half months. Um, you know we've got some, we've had some great crowds down there already, and that FA Cup always adds a little bit of extra spice, doesn't it? And especially when we're playing against a, a higher division side, that's a, a lot more enticing as well. So hopefully we can be backed by a really good crowd, and they can get behind us and, and help the team in, uh, into hopefully progressing into the fifth round. And we want we want to win, Kieran, because I'm just looking at the fixture list there to figure out when you and I are going to next talk. It's it's a bit of a gap again with Watford and Bridgewater away, isn't it? So if we win, presumably there's a ho- and it's a home tie that would fall in the next few weeks, wouldn't it? So that's what we want. I believe it's the end of February. If Is we it? Were okay. So yeah, but Fair I enough. mean, it's, it's it's been a you know a tricky start to the year with fixtures, and you know we're obviously having to go to Portsmouth, and then the challenge of Sunday and. Lewis coming up, then going to Watford, which won't be easy either. So, you know, it's a real test of metal, but, um, you know, we're, we're up to the challenge. And and this, this weekend is the focus now for us to try and get through to the next round. It's a break from the league, but, you know, we'll be doing everything we can. Exactly right. Well, get down to the AGL Arena. Give the give the girls your support. It's always a fun day out of Felix Stowe as well. You might even bump into a podcaster or two as well um and certainly kieran will be there as well um thank you mate for giving us the rundown on all things itfc women all the best to the team on behalf of everyone listening and watching and obviously our team as well and we'll no doubt speak soon hopefully not too long into the future but um next home game we'll, uh, we'll no doubt have a chat absolutely thanks rich good to see you It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.